Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. We're on episode 51 now, and as I record this intro to today's podcast, we are two weeks away from the start of the regular season for the 2022-23 season. November 7th is the first day of Division One basketball games are allowed around the country. So we're getting there, man. We're, we're pretty close. I uh, appreciate all of you who've been listening so far to these podcasts as I've kind of rebooted the podcast for this season. They do come out every week on Monday nights, have a story accompanying them every Tuesday's uh, print edition of the Albuquerque Journal and that post on Monday nights, the stories as well. But do appreciate you for listening. However, you're however you got here, it's through the Albuquerque Journal's website, abqjournal.com slash sports, iTunes, Spotify, however you got here. Appreciate you for doing so. This week's edition, episode 51, is a conversation I had with senior guard KJ Jenkins for the Lobos, who for the second year in a row has been voted by his teammates, a team captain. Fascinating story in, in my mind that KJ has taken uh, his journey um, that he's taken to get to UNM. He he isn't like the Jamal Mashburn juniors and the Jalen Houses on the team and, and even a Donovan Dent, the freshman point guard who was Mr. California. KJ's a guy who out of high school had one Division One scholarship offer, and it was from, ironically enough, Air Force, coached by Dave Pilipovich, who's now on the coaching staff at UNM. But that was his only Division One offer out of school or out of high school, so he went the Division Two route. He gets to Division Two. He didn't even play his freshman year. K.J. Jenkins was a redshirt Division II player, worked his way to become freshman of the year his following year, his second year as a Division II player. He then went to a junior college, kind of bet on himself a little bit during the COVID year, became one of the best shooters in the entire country at any level, shot nearly 50% from three-point line, and got himself a Division I offer from a place like UNM. Now, while when he came here, Jalen House had already committed. Jamal Mashburn Jr. had already committed. Taryn Todd from TCU had already committed. So three kind of in that same size range and position range as a, as a shorter sized guard had already committed as transfers from power conference schools. And KJ Jenkins said, not only did that not deter him from deciding to come and be a Lobo, that is why he came here. He said he wanted as best he can measure himself against the best. So he wanted to come to a place where he knew he'd be challenged every day in practice, not only the games, but in practice. So comes last season, the the really good shooter that we all kind of made him out to be, and, and the numbers don't lie. He is statistically what's coming in as one of the best shooters in the in the country at the, J, at the JC level, anyway, from Kilgore College from the year prior. And he, he struggled a little bit for shooting. He shot in the mid 30% range. And as the guy who's supposed to come off the bench as the shooter, that was really disappointing but he found other ways to contribute. He rebounded. He he did drive. He he worked on his mid-range game. He did a lot of things that sort of make sort of explain why he is still voted as a team captain, even though he came off the bench. He in the scrimmage a week and a half ago um, led all scores against Northern Arizona. Led all scores. Came off the bench at all four of his three-point shots. He had 15 points. He is a guy that's very valuable to this team, even if he's not one of the two all returning all-conference returning guards. He's, he's a valuable piece to what the Lobos are, are building this year, the foundation they're building in, in the rebuild here in year two. So we talk about all that kind of stuff. We also have some fun. Talk about his cousin. For those that don't know, his cousin is a not just a, a pretty good athlete. His cousin might be the best receiver in all of football, and that's DeAndre Hopkins for, for the Arizona Cardinals. Certainly among in the conversation a couple years ago, maybe you would say he he certainly had an argument as the best. Right now he's kind of working his way back into 
into that conversation after uh, being off for the first six games of the season, being suspended for the first six games of the season. KJ says he's been inspired by by his cousin's work ethic and and from the days at Clemson, watching him play there, and and now that he's a pro. And and uh, KJ is a hard worker, and and I'm I'm hoping you enjoy this this conversation, this week's conversation with KJ because it was fascinating, man. I, I had a really good time talking with him. Um, I think he's going to be a key piece for this rebuild, even if he's not going to be the leading scorer on the team or anything like that. I think KJ's role on this team as part of a rebuilding program, I think KJ is going to be a big piece. If the Lobos do eventually turn this thing around, um, like I know a lot of fans certainly hope they do, if that happens, it's guys like KJ Jenkins um, that that are going to be a big piece of that. So had a fascinating conversation with KJ. He, he certainly turned in pretty quickly to, into one of my favorites to cover in my time covering Lobo basketball. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Hope you enjoy all our conversations on these podcasts. You can you can get the full 51 now episode archive uh, on abqjournal.com slash sports. It's available there. You can also get it on iTunes and Spotify. You can also get it on SoundCloud. If you like this, let me know. Give me some feedback. Give the journal some feedback. Let my bosses know you're enjoying what you're hearing. Also, follow our coverage every day online. abqjournal.com slash sports is where you can get directly to the to the sports content we have, high school sports, Lobo football, obviously, all the sports in, in the Albuquerque and New Mexico area. And you can also subscribe. Helps us out an awful lot to subscribe to local journalism. And you can do that at abqjournal.com slash subscribe. So without further ado, hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Lobo basketball guard, KJ Jenkins. What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing all right. We've talked to you a bunch already um, in the preseason. I've seen you at Cherry Silver. I've seen you at practice, stuff like that. But let's just start off with the real basic. What is this season going to be like for you and for the team? Like, what are your expectations? Uh, you know, my expectation is really just to win. Uh, you know, I have myself um, accomplishments that I want to achieve, and, you know, awards and stuff like that. But the main thing, I think, this team is – we're just so talented, and if we could just put the right – I think we have the right pieces, but uh, the main thing is I really believe if we all just lock in on winning, mm-hmm. then we could really get the, the job done. Locking in on winning is obviously the, the kind of – I don't want to say vague, but it, it doesn't mean anything specific to us watching from the outside. You guys probably have an idea of what the formula to winning is. What, what exactly is that? It's not just – as simple as, hey, let's all be on the same page or let's all just do this. Like, it's a combination of a bunch of things, I know. Right. But, like, what would you pinpoint as maybe if you're, if you're prioritizing the things you guys have to get done this year that maybe didn't get done last year? What's number one on the list to, to, to accomplish the winning? Uh, just understanding your role and really putting the pride out of the picture. Um, uh, I really believe that if you put the, I want to get my 20 points, I want to get my uh, – 30 points, whatever that is, put that away and all just lock in on getting the job done. Yeah. Uh, that's the main thing about winning. What's your role in getting that done? Whatever it can be. Yeah. Uh, if that's, man, I'm, if I'm hurt, whatever it is, if I'm sitting on the bench, uh, trying to encourage, get my leadership out there, that's what I got to do. If I got to, um, you know, shoot two shots, like maybe last year in the Wyoming game, but have, uh, plenty of rebounds that, uh, we lock that, you know, matter to the game yeah. of winning. That's all. I'm, that's all I care about. And to see other people's joy on their face. That when we got that done, and that's all I really care about. You, you didn't come. I mean, I, I actually kind of want to walk through your path again. And I did a story on it last year. But 
Um, you didn't come here to, to not be putting up a bunch of shots or, or to not be a starter. I know you came here to win, but like you probably thought your role would be as a starter and that didn't, that wasn't it last year, right. but it's cause you guys have a hell of a backcourt here. Right. Um, you're okay with the role, even if it is a role that is off the bench? Of course. Uh, I think starting, I think that's cool and all, but uh, it doesn't matter. I really would like to be in there at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, and you work quite a bit. I love, I love that. And, um, that shows like a, a matter of trust that coach has in me, yeah. but no matter what, whoever's in the end, at the end, the end, at the end of the game, um, I think it's, you know, a major part of the guys on the bench. Cause, uh, I think the guys on the bench, like who are not in the game, you know, might not been doing right. the best thing they could have been doing through the game is to stay locked in and to uh, show the love when you're down, but show love to the guys when they're up. There's all kinds of stats, fans and guys like me in the media track and and like the real easiest one even before the game starts is a starting lineup right we we put who the starters are it'd be way more effective or it just means more if there's a way to say like okay who would who are the closers who are the mm-hmm. closing five and and that tells a whole lot more than who starts sometimes and um but but that's it like you got to be ready at any time it doesn't matter like you said the starting lineup is one thing but like throughout the course of the game Sometimes those starters, anything can happen to them. Sometimes they're not checked in. You guys on the bench have to be ready no matter what. And that's not always the case either. I know that doesn't always happen. But what do you have to do to be, to, when you're coming off the bench, like what's the preparation? What's the mindset to make sure you're you're ready no matter what? Do you Is it all pregame or is it once you're watching the game, kind of seeing how that game might have evolved different than maybe what the game plan was? Is it an in-game preparation or is it all pre-game preparation when you're uh, coming off the bench? I really believe it's the preparation, how you handle yourself in practice. Okay. Uh, you know, you got your certain teams, you got your starting teams, your silver team. You cherry your silver, yeah. yeah. So um, I really think the preparation is how you handle yourself every day in practice and leading up to those those games and uh, understanding foul trouble might happen, you know, injuries, all that plays a course in the part of a game. And if you really just understand that um, – your time is coming. Yeah. Uh, no matter if it's this game, the next game, to always be ready, uh, you'll be ready. I'm curious. Um, well, well let, let's step back now. But before we go too much further into this part of it, I, I want to kind of remind people what your background is. You weren't a D1 signee out of high school. You weren't didn't have a whole bunch of stars next to your name. To, let's start with high school. Where'd you go to high school? How did it progress to the point where you, you got to college and, and where did you start off at college? All right, so I went to Creekview High School. It's up in like, Alpharetta, Georgia, about 25, 30 minutes north of um, the city of Atlanta. Okay. But um, it was cool. It was a 6A school, big school. Uh, you get up to the 7As, that's the top tier so in Georgia. So they have seven, okay. Yep, so we, we were a 6A school, good competition. Um, and through high school, I got offered my sophomore year by actually Coach Dave. He was the first person to actually offer me at Air Force. I had no idea. Yeah, and I did not know who Coach Dave was. Nope. I didn't I'd never see his face. Um, so I talked to him on the phone a couple of times. But I, when he signed here, actually, I never knew who he was. Because So when he was first here, when Patino got the job, there was a little bit of layover because he was on the previous staff and then came back. Um, he was on Paul Weir's staff, but um, – he was only here a month or two, and you didn't get here till summer. Obviously, right. you didn't come here in the spring, right? Well, you're still finishing up. Um, so you got here sometime in the summer. Mm-hmm. So there was no crossover with you Never. and Coach Dave Never. Filipovich. For those listening that yep. don't know who Coach Dave is, yeah. um, 
I had no idea that there was a pillow. But he was the first guy to recruit you, huh? First guy. So um, he was the first guy to offer me. But that was the only really Division One offer I had um, through high school. But going through, I just I never got the recruitment that I thought I was going to get. You know, I thought I had the skill level, but you know, my size kind of held me back a, a good bit. Did you grow any after high school? Um, I was around like the five eight. Okay. Uh, five ten, you know, graduating. Uh, so I grew a little bit, but mainly. Just what are you now? About six one. Six one. Yeah, about six, right there. I think your list is six two. Yeah, six, about six one. Yeah. Six foot. So um, you guys got the thick shoes, right? Yeah, you know how it is. Okay. <laughs> but going through high school, Ma- I'm thinking Mash is six listed at six two. I think. Yeah, I think we all are. I think you guys are all. Yeah, there's there's a couple six O's, but I think the rest of you are all six twos. Yeah, we right there. I got you. All right. But, um, yeah. You guys are all six foot guards to me. Like it's okay. <laughs> that's sort of what I think of is the is the Lobo backwards, a bunch of six foot guards, and uh, y- you know, if anything, that that's that's the good and the bad about this backcourt, right? right? There there could be some size problems, but you guys gotta take your advantages to them. Right, we gotta figure it out. Yeah, you that's mean, all it is. Um, where were we? High school. So high school, not a whole. I mean, size size held you back. That was the only D one offer was Air Force. Yeah. So I had Air did, Force. Did you consider it? I did. I did, but. Um, I don't think it would have been the right fit for me at the time. You know, mm-hmm. they were wanting to go the prep school route. And I was, you know, I, I, I was wanting to play basketball, yeah. you know, going into my freshman year uh, and start and everything. So when I picked up the Division II route, uh, I went to North Georgia and I thought I was going to start. You know, yeah. I was going out there, handling my business, competing every day. And they ended up registering me uh, just out of the blue. Wasn't something you were expecting, no, at all. So it really, you know, it takes a toll on you when it, it does. Like when it's a joint agreement kind of thing, it's a whole right. lot different. But I mean, it, it really like a hey, let's talk kind of conversation yeah. one day, and that was the first you yeah. even thought I about it. Huh? I wasn't going into that conversation prepared to hear that, so yeah. um, I just agreed with it and I and I stuck it out. I just yeah. got better, put on some size, and uh, I ended up playing my next year and. I ended up winning freshman of the year at that school. Uh, the main thing was uh, I just stayed focused on the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I could have easily just dropped out. Right. Said nothing with basketball. But when I won freshman of the year, the whole thing with me is I was surrounded by a group of people that, you know, they didn't really want to go the pro route. Uh, and I was the only one. I felt myself the only one there. Kept saying I want to be a pro one day, and and the people around me just at the Division two level, you kind of know like you're playing basketball, you're going to school, but a lot of those kids don't want to. So um, I mean, the, the percentage of D one players that go pro is so small. Mm-hmm. The, the percentage of D two players that are, are hoping to end up getting paid at least a little bit down the road for basketball is like minuscule. It's yeah, so, almost non. It's not non-existent, but it's it's almost non-existent. It is. So you kind of understand uh, when you're around that group, you just see yourself. You don't want to get caught in that group. Like right. I, I don't want to be a pro either. But I kept telling myself every day I wanted to be a pro. So uh, that COVID year hit, and I really. Uh, Put all I put all my bets on myself, and I ended up going JUCO that year to you know wanting to go a higher level right. and competing at the highest level I could. And the JUCO uh, had a great coach, Coach Hobright, and coach remind Cody, me of the junior college Kilgore College. Kilgore, yeah, I had a great staff there, Coach Cody. All those guys just worked with me real hard, and uh, and, and Kilgore, Kilgore is a pretty solid program, right? right I mean, they, so they got some good JUCO. They do. So 
they haven't won a championship since 2013. And then when I got there, uh, I really brought a big leadership role there and into those guys and uh, showed a different type of work ethic because I really believe that's where my work really started. At yeah. the D2 level, it was cool, but when the red shirt hits you, you want to work something like some days you just want to go, but then you see yourself, you're not playing. It, it hits you sometimes. Sure. So the JUCO route, I committed myself to um, – I sacrificed a lot of things, a lot of things, you know, even things you can't even imagine. So the COVID year can tell you, too, you can't even go outside. So yeah. it's not a big town, and all there was was just us teammates and uh, people that we could – uh, put our trust into so guessing a whole lot of video games that year huh? yeah it was a little bit but i wasn't even big I, that's one thing i sacrificed too You're not a big uh, gamer i wasn't i wasn't big on it but yeah. it's just i knew that that wasn't going to be where all my time and dedication i was out there for one reason is to eventually try to go d1 and put yourself in a position to to get an offer like this most definitely and uh the offers came real slow they came at the end we had a Go through that year, and we which is crazy because what you did that year is, I mean, there's a lot of you. You can do a lot of different stat stuffing and stuff like that at the JUCO level, depending on where you are, your position, your situation, all that stuff. But there's a few stats you can't really fake, and three point percentage at a high volume is is one you can't really fake. Either you're making them against the defense or you're not. All right. And, and what'd you end up shooting? Did it end up being forty nine something like that? I think it was forty eight around forty eight forty nine forty eight percent. Um. I mean, that's insane because it wasn't like you took 20 shots. You were taking like 10 a game almost or something mm-hmm. like that. Like you you were at a high volume, one of the best shooters in the country at any level that season. And, and that's that's a stat you can't really fake. I'm a little surprised the more D1s didn't come after you because of that. Right. Everyone can use a shooter. Everyone can. But, you know, size, size, a lot of people want that size. Yeah. I know I don't uh, have the tallest height or yeah. the best athleticism. So I always try to figure a way out with my toughness and, you know, try to take charges and stuff like that to impact the defense end. So that's one thing I really did. So that JUCO route was big when we won that championship and ended up going to the national tournament, which was in Hutchison. Yep. And um, I had a great performance, even though we lost. Uh, that's where I got picked up here at. There's a lot, for again, for those listening that may not know this, I mean, Hutch is where there, there's so much recruiting going on at Hutch. Like mm-hmm. at the junior college level, see, at, at most levels, Whatever you do throughout the regular season, somebody will notice, somebody will find you, and this and that. At the junior college level, it's hard sometimes to get noticed. Um, Kilgore, you're probably going to get noticed because it's well enough known. But, like, when you get to Hutch, Hutch is where a lot of people that weren't on anybody's radar can finally get on some people's radar. Most definitely. Yeah. It's big. It's a big tournament. And uh, Kilgore actually went back that next year, this past year. Because yeah. I think they had a group of guys that just continued the culture that uh, I believe I really brought there. Uh, yeah the work ethic and just, you know, doing the right things. Cause you know, at the JUCO level, it's a lot of kids that, um, you know, they might not have the best um, guidance growing up. So yeah, the JUCO's bringing guys together that from a lot of different reasons and a lot of different walks of life that not a lot of them are there because they had, you know, a whole bunch of stars next to their name in the recruiting circuits and stuff like that. So like a lot of them are there for different, a lot of different reasons. It's hard to make the chemistry work sometimes. It is. So that's what I, that's what I really felt like I brought is just showing guys, you know, how to handle themselves the right way, handle themselves like a pro uh, when nobody's watching. And I think that's the most important thing at that JUCO level. It's just uh, a lot of guys aren't going to be watching you. You never know who's watching you at times. So it's most important to handle yourself the right way. So when did you first kind of, uh, 
What was your first communication with anyone here at UNM? Um, Coach Brown actually talked to me first. And, you know, the COVID, you can't recruit in person. Yeah. So uh, everything was just over phone call. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard, you know. So I took uh, a lot of, you know, intel from my coaches around me, from my father, uh, from really my circle uh, in the recruiting process. Yeah. And it was difficult, but we finally got on a Zoom call, um, Patino, uh, Chu, uh, Dan McHale, all those guys. And uh, we we ran it through and they ended up offering me. So uh, I didn't get to see the campus. All I was seeing was videos put yeah. together. And it was very difficult. But the main thing I looked at was uh, a great coach uh, coming to a basketball school. Yeah. And if you're going to be honest, I looked at the Jalen and Mashburn. And I was going to go somewhere where I wanted to compare myself with the highest level of players. Okay, so they didn't scare you off. They did the opposite. At all. And it was a type thing where uh, we got the Taryn Todd commit from TCU. And that was another big, like, over Instagram, over Twitter. You just see the the TCU label and and stuff like that. And a lot of guys might just, you know, get scared off by that. I mean, so the setup is this. Like, this guy that out of high school had an offer from Air Force – Went D2, redshirted, became freshman of the year, and then went to Juco, put all his, you know, bet on himself, like you said. Like, that's your route. And you're looking at UNM, who's getting a transfer from Power 5, Pac-12 from Arizona State, a transfer from the Big Ten in Minnesota, a transfer from the Big 12 at TCU. And instead of scaring you off that three guards from these power conferences were also going there, that actually helped you decide to come here? Yeah, I really believe it did because in yourself as a person, I really got, I really believe you just, you have to know yourself and yeah. uh, what you believe in and just, you gotta, you, you just have to know yourself and personally inside of me, I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of and I know, I, I know I can really match up with anybody uh, and that's the, that was the biggest thing for me. I, I know I was going to get better coming here. Uh, with these guards and obviously I, I am and I, I've grown a lot since I've been here so how much better are you today than you when you got here uh, I feel like a lot of it was just uh, being in a situation where I've never played in such a big a big uh, you know television a crowd yeah. you know spotlight on you um, a lot can do with the you know the fans you know when you hold yourself to a, such a high standard and put so much pressure on yourself and when you go out there and you feel like you're not doing such a the things you want to do in front of those fans and might get criticized, uh, it kind of can mess your confidence up a little bit. But yeah. that was the biggest learning lesson for me last year was, uh, man, I know who I am. I did a lot of reminiscing uh, how I handled myself. And I just went back to them dark days uh, by myself. And I feel like I'm so much more confident. I'm so much more, you know, at ease with myself. Um well, so what I watched last year was, in my mind, oversimplifying it, but the fans, I'm sure, did a little bit of this too, partly probably because guys like me try and tell them what all these players are, right? We, we say KJ's the shooter coming in, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen's this um, fast driving point guard coming in. We, we kind of put these labels on you before you guys have ever played a game, and, and that's what you were to, to me and a lot of people was like, mm-hmm. KJ's the shooter. Well, the shots actually weren't falling as much as they did in practice. They weren't falling as much as they did – in, in that 48% junior college year, but you were doing other things. I saw you drive, you know, go to, get to the mid-range or to attack the rim more than, than I thought you ever would. Um, I saw you taking charges. I saw you doing other things. How much of that were you expecting and how much of 
you know, just knocking down all these shots at almost a 50% clip were you expecting last year? I mean, when you yeah. came in, you're, you're probably thinking, I'm going to hit all these shots, right. right? And when you, you know, when you get labeled such things, and like I said, when you hold yourself to such a high standard, you yeah. believe you can do it. And, you know, some things, you know, during that path, you know, they, it won't always go your way. Yeah. And uh, you can just get so hard on yourself and uh, you start to lose control of your mind and it, it can really, you know, affect your game and when you're not confident in yourself. So the biggest thing was for me just, uh, you know, to stay the course. I never left. I never stopped going to the gym. Um, I always kept putting the work in and I know my I know my time will come. So uh, I'm not saying my time is uh, now. I don't know when it is, but, but all I all I know is. I'm going to show up. I'm going to give 100%. Uh, I'm going to keep working. Uh, I'm going to believe in myself. I'm so much more confident, like I said, that I just feel so much more out, like ease out there. Just Was there any trepidation or hesitation, I guess, to, to do more than shoot? Because, again, when guys like me are labeling you a shooter, um, and, and it probably gets in your mind a little bit too, like I know they want me to hit these shots when mm -hmm. I come in. If I can hit some of these threes, you know, that helps things out. But, like, and it wasn't like you weren't hitting any. You're still hitting a ton of them. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't at 48%. Well, I don't even remember what the percentage like was last 34, year. 34, 35. Right. So mid-30s we're talking about. And, you know, they they would had hoped you would be in the 40s. I'm sure you would hope you'd be in mm -hmm. the 40s. At what point did you say, okay, i got to find other ways, even though, you know, maybe hitting these threes is what I was supposed to do coming in or I thought I was going to do coming in. At what point did you say, I got to find other ways? Was there a point in the season when you did that or was it right away? Did it come to you right away? Like if that shot's not falling, I got to find something else to do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's right away. Always through basketball growing up, if you know one thing's not working, you got to try to find other ways to impact the game to win. Yeah. So that was the most important thing. That's always been stuck with me. Um, most important, you know, you can always control your effort on defense. So that's one thing I try to take pride in and uh, trying to affect that defense. And, yeah. you know, I don't got the, you know, fastest abilities, most athletic down there. Uh, but like I said, just trying to be in the right spots and um, taking pride and uh, holding my man. So uh, you think you did that last year? I, I think I did that. I think yeah. I did a pretty good job of, you know, help helping um, the team defend. And I think that's a little bit of why coach had me in there at the end. Uh I wouldn't say I was an outlier out there at right. all by any means, but I wouldn't label myself as a lockdown defender, but I would love to be. You know, I try to be, and I, I work towards it every day. You know, Garden Mashburn, who's a first-team all-league guy, I believe. So, uh, Yeah, we've talked a lot this preseason about, like, this incoming freshman, Donovan Dent, and him and Jalen going against each other so much and how much it's helping both of them. Um, but you going against Mash every day has to help you a ton, too. Mm -hmm. And then you probably have an obligation to, to make him better every day. Of course. I believe we go – I believe um, Mashburn is a high-level player. I believe he's a pro by any means at the highest level. So um, going against him just does nothing but make me better. And, yeah. and I feel like, uh, like I said, I know who I am. I know what I can do on the court. And I know I make Mashburn better at the same time. I'm curious, when you look back at last year, um, was there any point that stood out to you as – Good or bad, like kind of one moment that was like, man, the season isn't going to quite get to where we thought. I know you guys had hoped for better, more than 13 wins. Or was there any point of the season where you're like, man, this is pretty damn good too? Because mm -hmm. it, it was a weird season in that you guys finished in as the nine seed. You only had 13 wins, but you could see like a foundation being built. So there was some sense of satisfaction, even though the wins didn't didn't come and it wasn't what you guys wanted. 
like was there a good or a bad point that you can look back on and say like that was that was sort of a defining moment good or bad yeah i felt like um one of our good moments was when we played colorado even though we didn't play our best game we yeah. we hung in there and that was a yeah, people forget it ended up being what like an 11 point whatever but it was the final right. minute 30 you guys were what is a three point four point game or right. something? So um, that's how I knew like we 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 can build something great here. Uh, first year being in that game with Colorado, uh, that was something cool to see. And you know that's my, early. That's my, early in yeah, the year. Myself, I I think that was a defining moment for me. I think I went like zero for nine that game. Like I didn't have one shot, and uh, my parents came out to see me, uh. and it just you know it hit me real hard. Like some of those, it's hard, man, but. You just got to stick the, through well, it. The margin is so close, like so thin. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you, again, people that maybe just looked at the score don't realize how competitive, how close you guys were to winning at Colorado because they, you know, they hit free throws at the end. Mm -hmm. and it, a game can get out of hand in the final 90 seconds. Um, but it was a one or one and a half ish kind of possession game. I think it was four points. Yeah. You guys had it down to, but like it was so close to just being the other way. You guys win at Colorado that early in the year, a whole different story. Right. And I think that uh, I think that told ourselves, our team, like how good we can really build this um, this program up. So uh, I think that was a good moment. But you know, some moments that hit were, you know, when we were on the road and how we handled ourselves at you know San Jose when we couldn't really huh? hit shots and how could we figure out still how to win. And that's the biggest thing for us is just figuring out how to win when things aren't going our way. And that's that's got to be on the defense end, and you know just being everybody uh, everybody being bought in all down the bench all 15 guys yeah. uh, everybody on the staff to just be locked in on winning it's funny that uh i mean colorado even in the loss but shows you how close you guys were to to, to kind of everything sort of coming together pretty quickly and then san jose state kind of showing you man we still have a ways to go if we're mm -hmm. going to lose games like this because going into this year expectations raised you guys certainly can't get picked off by a team like a, like a San Jose State that people aren't expecting from. But you guys also have the realization that any team, like even the San Jose State, can pick you off if you guys aren't ready. Most definitely. I think that's the most important thing because I think the top-level teams uh, like the San Diego States, they, they, they understand they can't lose games like yeah. that. Uh, they can't afford to take those losses on their record and, um, you know, just have that momentum shift in the program. So, uh, just understanding that every game matters uh, and, uh, you know, at the top seeds, you know, you might go one for one or uh, anything. Yeah, if you can split with the top teams, that's OK. Yeah, so but, you know, when you get down to those uh, the lower level uh, ranked teams, just you can't take those losses to them. Yeah, sometimes the toughest part of a college basketball season is is handling the ones you're supposed to handle. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily the big matchups that everybody looks forward to and the fans all get excited about, you, you can't get picked off by the ones you're not supposed to lose you can't, to. You can't. Um, all right, so let me back off a little bit from Lobo basketball. Um, talk to you a little bit, Cherry Silver. Well, let's talk Cherry Silver. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you did bad in the three-point <laughs> contest. Like, has Josiah ever shot, for, for those listening that don't know, Josiah Alec, the, the newcomer from um, Kansas City, he wins the three-point contest, but he went through three rounds, and in the first round he hit his first ten threes. I think he only missed two in the second round, and then in the finals, two or three shots that he missed. Like, have you ever seen Josiah shoot quite like that? If you want to be honest, Josiah is uh, one of the hardest workers on the team also. Yeah. Uh, he's up here 
Um, he works. He really cares about his craft. Um, and this is why you're a team, voted team yeah. captain. You can say nice things about everyone. <laughs> but I'm not going to buy if you're going to tell me he's ever shot quite like that. <laughs> but, look, I'm going to be honest. I've never seen Joe do something like that. I was really surprised. But um, his number was going up quite quick when uh, I was shooting. I saw I was at five, and it went to seven. Yeah, because it wasn't <laughs> like you were – I think you missed one, like, early on or something. Uh-huh. But, like, yeah, I, I kept looking, and I was like, how how is he already up by two? Mm-hmm. And, like – he was going quick. Yeah, so he was getting those shots up. You know, I know Sebastian was down there working probably hard too. But once I saw myself I was at seven and he was already at nine or ten, I I knew Josiah had it in the bag. <laughs> he Did was, he talk any trash? Yeah, he, he keeps calling me number two right now. So <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, I really believe Josiah is a great shooter. Um, he can do a lot for us in the game. So If your four is going to hit shots like that this year, like – you guys will be all right. Most definitely. I think um, <laughs> Josiah was, if, if there was any betting, he would have had a thousand odd on him. So yeah. whoever bet on him would have came up on a lot of money. But <laughs> yeah, they would have. He had nothing to lose. And that's the most important thing we got to understand is um, what do we have to lose? So Yeah, and it wasn't like you, it wasn't like you missed a whole bunch of shots. It's just <laughs> like he happened to get, he happened to get as hot as I've seen him since any of the practices I've been at. Yeah, so. He he did put on a performance. I thought he was bringing both trophies home, dunk contest too. So I was <laughs> I was really surprised. He actually did pretty good in that dunk. That dunk contest was pretty good. I didn't like the fact that six players went four rounds. I just kind of stretched it out a little too yeah. much. But um, I thought it'd be like after two rounds, maybe you get it down to two finals or something. But Josiah was right there. But but Jay like Jay's built like Jay, Jay's Jay Allen Tovar's that's dunk thing. contest thing. Uh, he's built for dunk contests. Like yeah. that, that's what he does. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, and he was pretty damn impressive. The, the outwards, it was a pretty good little dunk contest. It was. It was great. So, guys brought it out. We had a little bit of, you know, betting in the locker room. I'll so. bet. I'll bet. You know how I went. Well, I went with Jay. I you, went to Tobar. You so. have to, right? Like, I imagine most everybody did, right? <laughs> a little bit. Some people had them. Uh, you Anybody know, have Josiah in that? No, no. <laughs> we never see. Seen, we never seen Josiah dunk like that either. I don't, I don't, maybe, the, maybe the level's got a gamer. Like, <laughs> may, maybe he hides it until the until the lights are on and the fans are there. That'd yeah. be okay. He was doing that on purpose. He wasn't telling nobody. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. I'm surprised he didn't walk down the ramp with his fur coat. Yeah, that thing was nice. He brought that out the picture day. So <laughs> Josiah is definitely a character. Uh, He's a character. What? Well, no dunk contest for you. Nah, I don't know why they ain't put me in it. I would have got. I would have got out there and got me a couple dunks. How many dunks have you had in game? Do you have any dunks in um, game never, last year? I've never had a dunking game. You never dunked in game. Nah. You can dunk though. I can dunk. I've done some crazy things. Like I've done, they, they'll vouch for me. I've done some crazy dunks. So just, before you, all right. Whenever the whenever the time here at UNM ends, are you gonna have a dunk? I got to. I thought that I was gonna get one cherry and silver, but yeah. I just got to throw the lives. I don't want to embarrass right. myself out there. All right. Might it might need to be in a blowout or something, just just, <laughs> just in case it goes bad, but. Like you're you're gonna have one at least one before gotta, you leave. I gotta have one. I gotta have one. All right, all right. I'm gonna hold you too. I'm gonna remind you too. If, if we're getting down to the end of the the college career and there's only like three games left or something, I'm gonna remind you. <laughs> um, the the so Cherry Silver Friday night, obviously, uh, big football weekend. So I want to transition, as you know, um, to to the how much football do you watch? First of all, um. And the reason I'm asking, I'll, I'll get to in a second, but are you a football fan? I am a big football fan. Every Saturday, um, college football, I'm trying to watch Georgia. If our practice times line up and stuff, but Sunday, I'm, I'm locked in. Yeah. I'm locked in on Sunday. So you're an NFL guy. I imagine some fantasy football teams, anything like that? Or I, I like, I like, um, you know, I got to go with D Hop. I got to go with D Hop. And why is that? 
That's my family, man. That's my cousin. <laughs> so he's not just some people have cousins that like they say are their cousin because it's a family friend or something. But but like you you guys are you guys are legitimate cousins. Yeah, we're, we're locked in. So um, and like visit each other and talk to each other yeah, type we, cousins, yeah, like yeah, not just distant cousins. Now we're locked in. So um, we understand. DeAndre Hopkins for those that, that yeah. don't understand D Hop. DeAndre Hopkins is is your cousin. That's my family. So you know we're locked in. We know. I know what he has done for the family, and uh, we know the bloodline is very strong. So we try to put on, and um, that's that's one thing I I look up to. And my dad uh, had me around him, you know, since I was a little kid, just to be groomed around that and see what hard work looks like and uh, that lifestyle is. It it motivates you, you know, to be around that and you know just to strive to be the best person you can. Not just the lifestyle motivating you, but like, so here now, like, I, it's certainly not my primary stuff. Lobo basketball is my primary stuff here, but every now and then I cover um, secondary. That we have a primary guy that covers fighting and stuff like that, um, combat sports, boxing, mixed martial arts. But every now and then I would go over to like Jackson Week, the the MMA place here, and and like do stories on some of them. And like these are the best fighters in the world, and. When you get around like elite level athletes mm -hmm. and, and obviously one of the best receivers in the National Football League, I would say is an elite level athlete. Um, when you see them work and, and you're you're really watching people at the greatest level, the highest level of what they do, like it's pretty inspiring, man. Like it's 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 kind of it's, it's next level stuff. You guys work your ass off here. But when you see the guys at the highest level doing it, it's it's got to be it's got to get you motivated. It definitely does because. Uh you know, his, the way he just carries himself is so, so professional. And uh, I wouldn't even, like, it's just, I can't even really describe it, how yeah. how he, he just carries himself in such a professional manner. Has he ever given you any advice? Uh, you know, just stay the grind. Yeah. Stay, yeah, I really, personally, I know, I know what I got to do. Um, yeah. He tells me. And also my father, he puts in my father's ear, just yeah. let him stay the course, um, keep working, and main thing, don't quit. I mean, drive comes from within for the most part. And once you understand that, maybe the motivation is to just, like you said, stay the course, keep keep sticking with that. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving you advice on what you should do, just reminding you that, like, you know what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So do what you know you have to do Correct. is sort of the sort of the best advice that they can give you. I, I'm curious. You say you're a Georgia fan? Bulldog? I'm a Georgia fan. Um, been a good couple of years for you then. Mm -hmm. I imagine you like Kirby Smart. Um, I do. Did you ever like? Did you ever go to a Clemson game or or what? What were the Clemson years like when when he's playing? He's at Clemson, right? Right. Where did you have to root for Clemson a little bit? Or yeah, when he was there, we were Clemson fans. Okay. So, um, I remember going up to a game and I think it was his first year, or I think it was his first year, and uh, you know, I think I was I don't know how old I was, twelve maybe. Yeah. Probably around that age, but just seeing like such a, a high level of, you know, athletes and how they carry themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just different. And, you know, right after the game, you just want to go right to the weight room or whatever yeah. your craft is just to keep working. Cause you know, that's, that's their job. And, um, you know, it's so motivating. It's, it's so passionate. What do you think Thursday night then? I imagine you're, uh, you know, wh whoever needed to hook it up on the TV or something, somebody's got a Prime account, I think, for okay. Thursday, and you guys found a way to watch it. What, what were you thinking? Yeah, I was locked in in my room. I, was, you, I was watching it. Do you, did you not watch with people around? Nah, I, I mean, I watch alone. I, I, watch, I do a lot of things alone, if you want okay. to be honest with you. 
Um, but now it's locked in. It was, it was fun to see him get that many receptions. Uh, Couldn't get in the end zone though. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Got to talk to Kyler. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to pick apart ten receptions in the return game. So right. So um, now nah, it was a cool thing to see. I know he's going to keep it up. Yeah. Uh, he he worked so hard to to get where he's at and. He's got years left in him, so yeah, he's he's elite. He's elite. Sure. I don't know if you're a jersey guy. You have a jersey? Yeah, we got a couple of jerseys. Okay, we got a couple of jerseys. All <laughs> right, some jerseys, some footballs. We got all that. Well, transitioning a little bit to one other thing. I, I again, I mentioned I wrote about last year, and a lot of people asked me about it. Totally veering off course from what we've been talking about. When was the last time you rode a motorcycle? That you can say. I don't know if coaches want to hear that you rode yeah. one. You didn't ride one over here to this interview, they right? They won't let me ride one. Out here. <laughs> I, I talked about it with uh, with Peyton. I was trying to get a motorcycle out here, but I don't think it's worth it. But you, but you've been riding since how old? Oh uh, shoot, I was young. I was young, about eight. Yeah, yeah. So we had like Easter parades and you know cars, just a bunch of cars. I ride my dirt bike with my brothers, and you know I'm a big. Uh, dirt bike, ATV, and yeah. all that. I, I love to do that. I like the outside. So when you can, outside of basketball, when you can, you, you still do it a little bit, or you're looking forward to getting back to doing it one day when when maybe basketball isn't around anymore, yeah, or what? I, I feel I can do a lot of things. I, I love to golf. I love to. Are you any good at it? I'm really good. If you want to be honest, <laughs> all I can, right, I can golf. So um, people will tell you I, I got a pretty good golf swing. And um, UNM needs to have a non-golf team golf tournament. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can let them play too, but like the, the, the real trophy is going to go to like, who's the best basketball golfer? Who's the best football golfer? I imagine you've played with some, some, or heard, cause you know, other athletes are on this campus. Like there's gotta be some other guys that think they're pretty good at golf too, right? Yeah. I don't think they're as good as me though. Not as good as you. I, I think, um, at UNM or I think I'm the best all around sports athlete. Yeah? I think I can do any sport. I think I can go out there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I bet. Well, first of all, like I bet there's not a whole lot of other ones that like grew up on motorcycles and, and dirt mm-hmm. bikes, right? Yeah. So a lot of people probably didn't grow up, you know, in the area and how how I was raised. So you know that takes a toll. But you know, I was just always outside as a kid, you know, trying new things, yeah. seeing what I could do, and getting hurt. Yeah, getting hurt. Got to go scrape your knee a little bit every now yeah. and then to 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 grow up. Kids don't do that anymore. I got two kids, like. I don't even like my, I had one turn 13 on Friday and uh, my oldest daughter. And like, I swear, I don't know if she's ever scraped her knee for real. Eh, she's never broken anything. She's nothing. Oh like, man. Yeah. I, like I, I've, I've said that before and her and, and, and her mom get like so mad at me. I'm like, let her go scrape her knee. Like go get hurt or something. Yeah. They're like, what do you say? You can't say that. I'm like, no man, it's part of growing yeah. up. Yeah. I swear. I don't even think she's ever scraped her knee. She, um, I mean, she plays tennis. She does dance and stuff like that, but she's, I don't think she's ever even scraped her knee yeah, really you, good. You gotta get her. I got a couple I, fall downs, but like not not anything real. Yeah, I, you got to. I got I got some burns on me. Yeah, sure, on that dirt bike. I'll bet. I'll <laughs> I got bet. Some good burns on me. So uh, you went back to Georgia in the summer? I did. I did. I was back there for. No, I was here in the summer in June, but we get that little well, like March. a week is all about I mean, yeah, a week or two maybe. We, we went right after the season in March, and then we you know we come back for spring. Yeah, uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, we don't get too much. Did you do? I mean, did, were you able to get on a bike at all when you went home? Yeah, I, I go. I go. My little brother has a bike. Uh, I got one at home, but when I go to my dad's house, I like to ride and stuff yeah. like that. So, how old's your brother? How old are your siblings? How many do you have? I have a, a one-year-old, a one-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, twelve-year-old, nineteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four, and twenty-eight. Good Lord, man. Yeah. And how old are you? 
Uh, 22. 22. Um, that's another thing about this team. You guys are an old team. You, mm-hmm. you guys have a lot of guys that, um, I mean, Morris, Josiah, 21, 22, I think is what they told me when I talked to them a week ago. Uh, Jalen and Jamal have both been around a little while. Like, you guys have a lot of, you, you, you guys have a lot of, uh, can go to the bar after a win kind of, <laughs> kind of, of age players. Not saying you guys do, but like, you guys have a lot of them, man. Yeah, we definitely do. It's got to help. I would think experience helps a lot yeah. uh, into a, into basketball, into any sport. Uh, so I think that's a main thing that uh, we had this year that we did last year is experience guys that played under the coach now, not just one dude. Uh, so it helps. You guys got a pretty good walk of life kind of experienced coaching staff too. In we'll start with coach Dave, you know, coach Pilipovic used to be a head coach in this league. You know, Tarvis just joined up in, in June, but he has so much experience in this mm-hmm. league. Um, obviously, Patino's been, you know, did eight years in the in the Big Ten. He's been coaching a decade now. And and um, Eric has experience in the Pac-12 and out west and in the Mountain West. And then, obviously, Coach Chu has some Texas experience, a little bit in Arizona, but I would say he's a, a little bit more of a Texas mm-hmm. um, kind of based recruiter and all that. But, like, you, you guys have a pretty good crew of, uh, of coaches here, too. I would think you right. you guys can take a little piece from a whole lot of – of them too. That, that's 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 what it sounds like. We have the pieces. Yeah, we have the pieces here. Pieces aren't just on the court. Like it's 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 like yeah. the, the staff too is a little bit of that too. But you you feel you have them. Huh? Yeah, we we know we have them. We know we have the pieces here, and it's just about a a thing of putting it together every day. You uh, after the football season, just curious. Like if you guys are in contention, if you guys are playing for a title, which is I know the hope. If you guys have a big game. You're going to be able to get DeAndre Hopkins out here to a, yeah, to a game? Yeah, we talked about it. He's trying to come out here for a game. All right. so, he's got to experience the thing, right? To. He's got to. So uh, I'm going to talk to him about it, try to get him out here. But, you know, you know how well, people's schedules are. and Yeah, it's tough. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it's easy enough to say, like, yeah, you got to come out to a game. I know I know uh, fans will obviously love it, but you'd love it too. So yeah. if you can make it happen in the pit. It isn't quite what it was, but the, the hope for you guys, I know, is that it gets back there. Like, you Most guys definitely. give them a reason to come back. Most definitely. And if they if they do, it would be an experience for them. Awesome, man. Well, look, we, we covered a lot of ground here. Um, we'll kind of wrap it up here with this. Let, let fans know a little something about what you expect from yourself this year. Are there any magic numbers, or is it do, – do you really try – even if you have numbers in your head, you, you don't really like talking about them, or, or are you okay with saying, like, I, I'm hoping these are my numbers this year? No, I don't set myself to any numbers. I don't okay. set myself to any limit. Uh, I can't say I want to average this and that because uh, I know I know what I can do, uh, and that's the most important thing is to let everybody know to just don't set limits on yourself. Yeah. You don't want to do that because uh, if you don't achieve them, you don't want to get down on yourself. And, and then it kind of comes to this point where you're trying to rationalize or explain why mm-hmm. it didn't happen. You don't want to explain it. Like just don't set the numbers. Yeah. Just push yourself to just push yourself. Get the best out of yourself, and uh, I just believe I'm way more comfortable out there way more confident um, and I'm all about winning and uh, I think I'm gonna have a really uh, leap leap forward year um, a breakout year in my career so I'm excited who's the biggest character on this team I, I did that was another one I asked Morrison Josiah the other day and you know who, who does the most talking on the court I think we can all guess who that is I think we all know yeah. on the court there's one yeah, guy who, who actually doesn't do as nearly as much off the court yeah I've, I've told in fact I remember telling his dad when he did the game here last year in the pit like man, I thought Jalen was going to be the best interview ever because he does so much talking on the court. Mm-hmm. And off the court, he doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. Like he doesn't say anything in the presser, which is good. Like yeah. you, that's what you want, right? But um, 
So on the court, it's safe to say Jalen's the biggest talker. Jalen and uh, I'll throw Barima in there. Barima can talk Barima, too, huh? Barima loves to talk too. So on the court and off. Yeah, All right, he, he's a character. I give, you know, obviously, you know, Jalen's a character, but on and off, I gotta give that to Barima. He, he's a funny guy. He's huh? a funny guy. He's he funny he looked guy. good Friday night in the cherry silver. I was I was I I know that like in fact it was Jalen and Jamal both kind of said like Barima's been working like he yeah. he can't put on the weight yet like he's still. About six eleven, like one ninety or something, right. but like, like he's been working, huh? All right, he's 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 really passionate about, uh, you know, getting better. And uh, he seems like a guy that all you guys are rooting for. Like you guys want to see him do definitely. good because he, he just seems to bring a, a mentality around all you guys. It's that's good. It's not a he's never sucking the energy out of a room. It doesn't right. seem like when when there's a guy that wants you to do good, you don't want to do nothing but see him do good. Yeah. And, uh, that's the most important thing with this. You guys had two two freshman big men last year that were that. Sebastian cracks me up because even Friday night, it was the it was the first round of the three point contest. You guys start with the three point contest, and Sebastian's in mid season form because like two shots in, he stands up and he's starting to wave a towel already <laughs> down at the bench. I'm like, calm down, big fella. Yeah. Like this is the first round of the three point contest, but he's already trying to get the crowd up yeah. like he was doing last year early in the season. Um, he, he's funny too, but Bream and Sebastian are guys that are just kind of. Fun to root for. Yeah, yeah. They both those guys sell themselves to a high level, you know, with their fans and everything. So you can't do nothing but love them. Who works the hardest in, on this team? I'm gonna say that's myself. Okay. I'm gonna give it to myself. Well, you guys do time. have some hard workers. Of though. course, of course. I believe those guys that's up there um, with me, and that they might believe themselves is the yeah. hardest worker. But every every day and anywhere I go, I'm gonna believe I'm the hardest worker. All right. Since he likes talking so much trash himself, and and he does it to me a lot. Um, I'm going to ask you, is Richard Pitino as funny as he thinks he is? <laughs> I asked Josiah Morris the same thing. What'd they say? <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a pretty funny guy. And, and, and at first, you might think he's riding you so hard. You're like, man, I think Josiah was like, oh, this guy can be a real a-hole. Like, oh, my God. But you realize, like, he might ride you in practice or, or be really sarcastic. You, first, you realize, like, oh, he's a lot sarcastic, not just a little but like it's always always about that player, that moment. It's nothing personal. Like mm-hmm. he might he might get on to you about something in practice, but it really is just about what you just did right there. Right. Like it's nothing personal, nothing beyond that. Um, but but they both said they he he definitely he's a funny guy and he's a sarcastic yeah. guy. He's pretty funny sometimes, huh? Most definitely, he connects with his players on a high level. You know, off the court and um, on the court, he's very sarcastic. Too, <laughs> so <laughs> he'll give. Did you, you know that right away though, or or did it take a little while? Like, did sometimes uh, when he's being sarcastic, like you're like, oh man, man, most definitely. So like, he's so sarcastic. Sometimes I'll be like, I'll look at him like I don't even know if I want to laugh to it. And yeah, not. like wait, is that it, something to laugh? It, it takes me off guard, but nah, he he definitely brings a a great humor to this team where we also understand we can get our business done, but also have fun at the same yeah. time. Um, and have those jokes and laughs uh, on the court and off the court. So, now Patino is definitely one of those coaches that you just can't do nothing but love to be around and uh, love to have as a coach. Who, who do you, I mean, is there one coach that you, either by position or just by what you happen to be working on, that you, you spend a little more time with? It's not a pick and fade, it's kind of question. I'm just curious, who, who do you work with quite a bit on this staff? Um, you know, EB does a lot of uh, training with me, but okay. I ask every coach, uh, I'll talk to every coach. Okay. I'll, ask some questions and you know every coach is just you know bought in uh i believe they respect me and uh believe they know what i want out of this team and so uh, they all give me great advice and they all work with me at such a high level awesome hey man i appreciate this i'll i'll put this up uh monday nights is when this podcast comes out i do know lobo fans are 
excited to hear these and hear from you guys and get to know you guys a little more. Um, big expectations this year, man. Big expectations. I like you guys, it. You guys aren't sneaking up on anybody this year, so no. that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, though, right? Yeah, we ain't paying attention to it, though. It's yeah. going to keep working, keep getting better, win games this year. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Thanks for having, uh, giving me some time for the podcast. Of Appreciate course. you. That was fun. <laughs> I like it. All right. There you go. There's my conversation with KJ Jenkins. Hope you enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed spending time talking to him. I, I love hearing about his story, about going the D2 route, about getting redshirted at D2, about about the way he's worked from from where he was to, to where he's still kind of headed, you know, and, and he is a guy that I do think is a big piece of the rebuilding project at UNM. Fun to listen to him talk about his cousin, DeAndre Hopkins. Also fun to, to just know, I, I don't know how many guys I've covered that have played Lobo basketball who who are big time, you know, motorbike, uh, dirt bike uh, riders. So he, he's a fascinating guy to me and, and he really is a piece of this rebuild that I think it's overlooked because he's not the all-conference guard, because he's not one of the leading scorers. I think he'd be a starter on on quite a few Mountain West teams that just happen to have two really dynamic, shorter guards already playing on this roster. So he, he's a piece of the puzzle for sure. KJ's been been great in his two years here so far at UNM, and you know we'll see we'll see how he does this season. Yeah, I know he has big expectations personally. The main expectation is winning, and he's he's one to to sort of hold everyone accountable, even those stars, even those guys that get talked about all the time. And that's maybe one of the reasons I I do like covering him. Covering him is because he is the kind of guy that isn't afraid to hold his teammates accountable and hold himself accountable. And he knows his shooting percentage last year wasn't what it needed to be. And he found other ways to help, but this year he's, he's certainly hoping to get that shooting percentage well back into the 40s. So, fun conversation with KJ. Hope you're enjoying them. abqjournal.com slash sports is where you can find all our coverage of Lobo basketball. We are two weeks away now from the season starting. Hope you guys subscribe. Support local journalism. abqjournal.com slash subscribe. You can get all our digital content that way. You can get our print edition that way. You can help us continue to cover the Lobos home and on the road and bring you all these podcasts and, and all the coverage we do, not just Lobo men's basketball, but Lobo women's basketball, Lobo football, all the high school sports that, that we cover, all that stuff is because of subscribers like you. abqjournal.com slash subscribe is the way you can help local journalism and help us continue all this coverage. Give me some feedback. At Jeff Grammer on Twitter is where you can reach me anytime or you can email me ggrammer at abqjournal.com. Let me know what you think about this podcast, if you have thoughts about future podcasts, or any questions you want me to ask a, a player or a coach, something I might be able to answer in a future podcast, let me know. Hope you're enjoying these. Again, this was episode 51 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>